Welcome back to Factory Sealed. It is May 1st, 2022. My name's Eric Peters, and joining me today, Mr. Dane Curtis. All right. All right, Mr. Curtis. It's been two months since we've spoken. Why have you gone very German? I don't know. Very old. I don't know if you're aware, but Newcastle is not in Germany. Well, we've isolated a long time ago that I just can't do a Geordie accent, so... Yeah, but you've gravitated from Indian into German now. I'm closer. (laughs) I'm closer. Yeah, give it another decade or so and we'll both be completely insane (laughs) and you may be able to do the accent. We'll be in Philippines or something. (laughs) Philippines? Yeah. Isn't that further away? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's just how we go. It's what we do. It's where we go. Okay. You might land on Yorkshire in 10 years' time. I don't think I could do a Yorkshire. Say a bygum. A bygum. A bygum. E bagum. Going down to shops. <laughs> e bagum, G man. E <laughs> <laughs> bagum. Lovely to see you, lad. Welcome back to Factory Seal. Lovely to see you, lad. See, there you Is go. Is this light meant to be blinking on me thingy? You might want to go get that looked at. There are special doctors for that. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. mine just goes in the dark. I think we established <laughs> that a long time ago. You, your uh, grandparents must have one of those old um, radioactive toys that they used to send out to kids. Oh, I just lived to live on a radioactive cesspit. Oh, What's that? It's called Pete. It's called Pete. <laughs> Explains Dave the Rave. The founder of Pete Lee, Mr. Pete Lee himself, just uh, he was walking past the nuclear power plant one day. And back in the days, you know, there was no health and safety and stuff. So all that radioactive sludge just used to come out. And he was like, that'll be a cracking place for a new town. Plonk down his sign in the middle of it. And that was how Pete Lee was born. Is there really a Mr. Peter Lee that started a town? There really is, yeah. <laughs> no way. There's some dude called Peter Lee who just decided randomly, I'm going to start a town. How pretentious do you need to be to name your town after yourself? Not quite. And then did shit go tits up and he moved a little further north and started a town called Pity Me to get everybody to feel bad for him? Possibly, although that's not widely known. Well, you know. His wife, um, Incontinentia Buttocks, did found a town up north, though. <laughs> she named it after herself Is as that well. penis town? <laughs> it's Peniston, not penis stone. Peniston. Oh, I thought it was penis ton. No, it's not. Just it's definitely not penis ton. Tons of them. Now, Eric, have I ever told you about Butthole Road in England? No. Well, there used to be a town where there was a street called Butthole Road. It became very, very famous, and the residents got so sick of people coming to take pictures with the sign that they petitioned the local council and got it changed. <laughs> what they call it, Anus Way? Yeah, I think so. But I can't. I, I honestly don't know what it got changed to. The former name of a street in Doncaster, Butthole Road. There is, there is a, quite a few strange place names in the world. Like, I'm sure there's somewhere in America called Dildo. I'm pretty sure there is. What did I get changed to? 
Oh yeah, that's a dangerous. <laughs> that is not a good thing to uh, to Google. Don't don't Google dildo America. <laughs> it's the picture of Hank Fist. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. There we go. So how are you, Dan? What's new? It's been two months since you've been on, good sir. Where have you been? What well, have you been doing? I've, I've been in a coma for the past week because I did more than two hours of work on my garden. Oh my god. In one shot? Or just total? I, I, in total, like, I'm talking like eight hour days working in the garden. Oh, whoa. Are you okay? I built one, built one of those there patio things. Yeah. I've built, I've built a little wall and I've laid down sand and I've put down slabs and stuff and it looks lovely. Looks a bit lovely. Looks lovely. You know what's not tired. lovely is the size of your neighbor's yard. Every time you send me a picture of that, it looks like it's about two and a half feet wide. <laughs> it's not big like. It's not big. Jeez. Get into the I DIY though. house is slightly smaller than mine as well because I live on a terrace of three houses. So I've got mine on the end, then them in the middle, then somebody on the other end. Ugh. Who wants to be in the middle? Nobody. I don't. That's why nobody bought it for a long time. It was empty for a good seven months after we moved in. You getting into the DIY stuff, putting holes in the wall and doing all that? Not quite holes in the wall, but uh, plenty of digging in the garden, big holes and stuff. Big that holes. was fun. Yeah. Well, well it, it looks. Was, it was fun for about two days, and then it gets to the back-breaking annoyance. That's how most projects go. You start it and you're like, this is going to be awesome. You plan it out and you get excited and you envision how it's going to be. And then you start it and go, oh, this sucks. How much does it cost to have somebody do this for me? (laughs) It was when I got to the end, Derek, right? So towards, as you get closer to the door, there was already some paving slabs down, which we wanted rid of. And we took them up and somebody had concreted underneath. So when the new slabs went on, they weren't level. So they were wobbling all the time. So I had to take a big hammer to them and I was smashing the shit out of this concrete underneath. Which was good for the rage, but not so fun in terms of exhaustion. Yeah. So what have you been doing? Have you just come straight in and not even played your 20 hours of games a day? Oh, God, yeah. I, I, well, last week I probably played very little games, to Ooh. be honest. Which Ooh. was difficult but you, yeah it's gonna say I you're just, looking a little in, flush i came in i cried in pain and then i went to bed you're looking a little flush <laughs> well i can confirm though it went a lot better than the diy key keyhole incident <laughs> anything that patio is still standing right now which when we good. when we got to tom's house i looked at the front door and saw it was one of those skeleton keys i'm like oh ring up dan too bad he's not here he could have fixed this for us <laughs> bit drafty in the entryway cheeky bastard getting abuse i'm not even in the country oh god you should have been that was a fun trip that was a really fun trip yeah i listened to the uh launch yourself into the uh roof of the truck that could only happen to you i mean it would have been it would have been fun had all three of us been there but yeah it was a good time yeah, I would I would have liked to come, but um, as I said to you guys, me and Crystal plan to go to Canada at some point, so I want to go there first with her. Oh, you're so lovely, Dan. Yes, I am. So the plus, it means she won't get angry. So why don't you just reprogram her to not have anger? I haven't figured out how to yet. You got to get the uh, submissive bot installation exe. Oh, 
Yeah. I can barely work a computer, mate. That's not going to happen. I, I know because, <laughs> like, oh, you're awfully quiet. <laughs> oh, my volume's <laughs> down. <laughs> I can't help it. Can't help I it. I am actually quite good at computers, I'll have you know. Yeah, it sounds like something who isn't good at computers would say. People come to me for advice at work and Ooh. I pretend I know what I'm talking about. You know, here's a pro tip for working in IT. All you got to do is just be really good at Google. Or not answering the phone in the case of the IT team where I work. That Yeah, that's first and foremost. Because then if you do answer the phone, then you have to go to Google. And that sounds like work. <laughs> that's the key to life, Google. It's like, I don't know how people get through without it. You'll see those kind of people who go on Facebook and they go, does anybody know what time the local chip shop's open? And I'm, <laughs> I have to physically stop myself from going... Google! Google um, knows. I love the uh, that sarcastic website. Let me Google that for you. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. You haven't seen that? No. If you go to let me Google that for you, you type in the search bar and then you hit search and it gives you a link that you can then paste to somebody and when they click it, it opens up Google and types it in and clicks search for them. Oh my God. Brilliant. Didn't yeah. know that was a thing. That's lovely. I will have to use that in future. Let me Google that for you. So, yeah, Tom's uh, Tom's in his house. He was supposed to be here today, but it's flooded. And uh, Tom's a homeowner now. Yes, I'm, I'm really happy for him. I'm not so happy that it's flooded within a month of being there. But So the house was owned by this really nice old couple, as far as I understand, in the past, correct? Mm-hmm. So they've just been living with a house that floods, surely, because this house, can't be new. The house was built in 1905. Yeah, that's pretty old. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's going to there's gonna be things. You it definitely know. hasn't been a Hank Fist groundation special where you showed how to drill holes in the roof, has there? No, 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 no. But I showed him how to drill holes through the floor, and then we went to the... the hardware store to get a 18 inch drill bit so i could drill through his wall and through the floor on the other side of the wall did you mean to do that yeah we were trying to run a hardwired network throughout his entire house and we got everything up to his room we had to pull up floorboards uh, punch a hole through the ceiling punch a hole down into the basement and then there was one spot we just couldn't get to so i took a part of his wall off and grabbed this drill bit and it's not it, it, it was built with old standards instead of just drywall and wood it had the 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 wood math like wood slats with mastic or grout between them like concrete that you had to punch through so i had to get a a, a chisel bit um everything was just way harder than it should have been but it was a good challenge and we got got through it so you had a nice relaxing vacation very very relaxing <laughs> <laughs> i think i had more coffee in those five days than I do in an average month. That is a friggin' lot of coffee. Dude, we had so much coffee. Anytime we were in the car, Timmy's? Timmy's? Want to go to Timmy's? Go to Timmy's. Yeah, let's go to Timmy's. Hey, we just left Timmy's. You want to turn around and go back to Timmy's? <laughs> you two just completely hyperactive for a week, drilling holes in the wall. Totally. What could go wrong? But his cat spooked you. Yeah, you haven't, you haven't met his cats yet. Um, Spooky at night is hilarious because he sounds like a race car. He's really, really skittish. 
and he won't be around. And I think finally by the fifth day, he let me like touch him with a finger from a distance. But when nighttime rolls around, he'll you'll everything will be dark, the house will be quiet, and you'll just hear and then he'll just be running up and down the hallway, sounding like an F1 car for like four hours straight. A strange guy. <laughs> it's so weird. Tom told me about it. I'm like, surely that's not gonna happen. And then every night, just the spooky race car just running down the hall making race car noises. I wonder why. I don't know. That's so weird. I don't know. That's so strange. I've never had anything like that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Changes afoot. Um, I leave Arizona in six weeks. Our house here has sold. We're just packing stuff up and uh, we leave the first week of June. We close on our house in Wisconsin on Friday. And then we move. How are you feeling about it? I just want it to be here. I'm at that point now where it's like, yeah, it's going to suck leaving everything here. But I'm, I, we're in this limbo stage of we have everything packed that we don't need. And all the stuff that we have left out is like, yeah, this will take like a day to pack. So we could pack it, but we use it. And if we pack it now, there's really no point because we use it. So it's just you want to feel productive, but you can't because there's nothing else to do. I know I when I obviously you're moving a hell of a lot further than what I did when I moved here. But even that was a ball here because you've got to decide what you need to pack, what you don't need to pack. And how are you moving everything? So we have there's a company that drops off a 35 foot semi trailer and you get it for three days. So we're just going to pack it up and then they deliver it to your new place. So the when the truck comes on a Thursday, we're going to pack everything up and then have them pick it up Monday. But we still have to stay here a couple more days. So we'll just have bare minimum stuff like a couple air mattresses, a suitcase with some clothes and then the girls tablets to to play on. And like, that's it. And then we leave middle of the following week. But I have three cars and only two people to drive. So I haven't quite figured out that piece of the puzzle yet. There's a there's a chance I may just bite the bullet and hop in my car and drive home at some point in the next couple of weeks and then fly back to Arizona, recuperate and then just make the drive again, which that drive sucks. It's 30 hours. It's just awful. Is it? It's so long. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you're going to have to do that twice, potentially. Yes. In like a three week period. I didn't realize, realize you had three cars. So you just have the two? No, I've got we got Chris's car, we got my alpha, and we got the Jeep. The Jeep. The Jeep. Yeah. But I'm getting I'm getting pumped for it. My new house is exactly one half nah, it's not even half a mile away from Scott. So my best friend that I grew up with, who's part of our Facebook community, he's uh he's pumped about that. His kids are the same age as my kids, so Oh, that'll be good. Yeah, that'll be a good time. I'm excited for you to move. I know it's a big change and all that, but I think you'll I think it'll be good for you. I think it's gonna be a good time too. I'm I'll be an hour behind Tom and then I'll only be a couple hours or a few hours further behind you, so hopefully we'll be able to do more game time stuff. That would be good as well. Podcasts won't have to be as early in the morning for me. You can actually function for once. I well I'm always functioning, Dan. What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> just do the sleeps. Uh. <laughs> 
Um, before I forget, we have some changes happening to the show. Changes. Time to face the strange. Oh, I was thinking you should go with the Tupac version of changes instead. You don't know that? Were you even I probably, in? Mi- I probably do. Were you even in middle school? Did you never yeah, go through I a went Tupac to secondary phase? school? Oh. Junior school. Oh. Anyway, changes. We are so about a year ago, beginning. Yeah, it was the first show of 2021. We launched our side quest episode or side quest show, and when we did that we had the great idea to push them out onto two feeds, hoping that there would be a clear carryover. Um, in the past couple months, we've decided to start condensing and consolidating just the show as a whole. So we're going to take the side quest feed and we're going to merge it with the factory sealed feed. So that way, all of our shows will be on one spot. So if you listen to us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever, you're going to notice a couple changes. First of all, the show icon is going to change. It's going to have both retro gaming and side quests on there. Um, The name of the show is just changing to Factory Sealed Video Game Podcasts. And within the feed, you'll have two different shows. One is going to be called Retro. One's going to be called Side Quest. So we're in the process of going through and renaming all of the shows from Factory Sealed episode whatever to Retro episode whatever and we'll associate the appropriate uh show f- image with the fire with the the individual track so on spotify it shows up how it should i'm not sure how it does on on itunes i don't think they show you the individual but i could be wrong but anyway the point being everything's not going to be in one feed so you don't need to worry about subscribing to two we're going to leave the other feed active for about another week I'll push out a reminder to everybody to jump back over, you know, because maybe we had some SideQuest listeners that weren't Factory Sealed listeners, so we'll carry them over. But, um, yeah, we just figured that'd be the best. Help save a little bit of money. I I think it makes sense. It does. Why didn't we think of this initially? Because we're idiots. That's true. Makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think a good positive change. Uh, I guess... I mean, side quest has been, we've kind of, we've done a few, but uh, not as much as we hoped and because it's just life has hey, happened. But. We averaged one one a month last year. Oh, did we? Oh, no, we didn't. We did 10. Okay. <laughs> but close. Yeah, yeah it's just it's a- the next six, three to six months are just going to be really weird. Just kind of riding through, getting settled. I feel like once Tom gets his house flooding under control, um, <laughs> he'll be a little more regular. Nice. Once once I move, we'll be a little more regular. So it's just that weird little season of life. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty settled. It's just you lot. Just ruin it. Yeah, it says the guy who hasn't been on the show in two months. Why haven't I been on the show? <laughs> oh, I, just, I can't be bothered today. Oh, tired. Hi, sounds about right. Yeah. House is flooded. Yeah. You've always got an excuse. But you, they are usually legit. I'm not just doing it. They are. Thing. They are. Yeah. You know, you're dead. Things like that. You know. Yeah. What have you been playing I've, lately, I've, Dan? I've just, I've just um, done a keyhole and I'm really tired. That was a good one. True. What have you been playing lately? Tell me about a game. Um, 
so I've been playing quite a lot actually. So I've been on a bit of a Game Pass backward compatibility kick. What is that? So Game Pass is a service by Microsoft which is available on Xbox and PC where you can play a library of games which increases over time. And usually some really damn good games are on there for a monthly fee. Why has nobody ever said anything about this? I'm not sure. It's pretty good, actually. Interesting. Technically, it means the games aren't on Xbox. They're just hosted digitally, so they're not on the Xbox. Before I forget, sorry to segue here. um, PlayStation Now Premium or PlayStation Plus Premium, whatever the hell they're calling this service. Have we talked about the... um, well, not a not a glitch, a a workaround. There we go. That's the word. A workaround to the system when they were upgrading it that I took advantage of. Well, you upgraded the PS Now thing. Yeah. Yeah. Did we talk about that on the show? I don't think we did. Uh, I don't know. I haven't been on for two months. So when they announced the PlayStation Plus Premium, the three different tiers, the top tier is going to be $129 a year, which gets you... PS Plus, and then the new version of PlayStation Now, which has like 700 games on it, including uh, PS5, PS4, PS3 streamed, PS2, PS1, PSP, and PS Vita. So, tons of stuff. As soon as they announced that, they said, anyone with an active PlayStation Now subscription will have all of your remaining months converted at a one-to-one rate to the new PlayStation plus premium and in doing so they removed your ability to purchase a year of playstation now which used to be 59.99 they only would allow you to buy a month which was ten dollars which if you bought a year would be 120 which is the same cost as playstation plus premium so internet people being the way they are dug around and found one link on the playstation website that still took you to where you could purchase a year of playstation now and it worked So they kicked this link out to everybody and said, take advantage of this now before it gets shut down. And I saw the link. It went on and went, well, this is going to get plugged real quick and bought a few years of it. And sure enough, within a couple, I'd say probably two hours after doing that, they plugged the leak. So you weren't able to do that anymore. So now when it converts, I'll have a few years of PlayStation Plus Premium at half the cost. Good effort, sir. I know. There were... uh, People showing that they had bought like 10 years of it up front. Like, eh, I don't know if I want to drop, you know, $600 on that right now. But yeah, in this in the same vein. So what they've done is, you know, how you can buy like cards, which give you a certain amount of time of PlayStation Plus and stuff. Yep. You can no longer use them. Yeah. So they've said you will be able to use them after the switch, but you can't use them right now. Weird. Yeah, um, I'm I'm in two minds about the new PlayStation Plus thing. I'm, I kind of depend on what games are on it. I don't know whether I want to... Because the difference between Game Pass and PlayStation Plus Premium is that basically any new games are not going to be on um, PlayStation Plus Premium. Whereas on Game Pass, like anything that comes out from, like say, Bethesda, like Starfield, hopefully later this year, will be on Game Pass. Which I'm not too worried about. Because how many... Objectively... How many big first-party games come out every year? A dozen? Yeah, not loads. Not not a ton. It It's a great perk for Xbox, which is fine. If they're non-first-party or, or AAA titles that, that hits, like, great, play it there, it comes out. 
But the library, like the vast library of PlayStation games that's going to be hitting PlayStation Plus Premium is just awesome. And I found it so funny that everybody was just losing their mind over or making such a big deal over the first batch of PS Plus Premium tier games leaked. And it was four games. Hey, Tekken 2 was on there. Oh, man, Tom is just going to rock on into the room, throw down and then just vanish. I love Tekken back in the day. Tekken 2, Mr. Driller, and Ridge Racer for PSP. Awesome. Ridge Racer. I'm really pumped that they're finally unlocking PSP games. I'm just happy they're embracing their back catalog. I understand why it's never been done for PS3 because... PS3 was on a really strange architecture where apparently it was an absolute nightmare to develop for. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to make work with the technology that powers the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5. But like PS2 and PS1, they've been locked away for a long time. There was a select library of PS2 games on PS4, but there wasn't many. It had to have been less than 20. Yeah, uh, but Dark Cloud was on there. Oh, and Dark Cloud 2 and Rogue Galaxy, three of the best RPGs. I, I got I loved those games. They were they were great. Brilliant. Heartly recommended by Mr. Peterson here. Heart. I appreciate that. Because yeah. they were good. Yes, sir. Uh, yes. I do know what I'm talking about every once in a blue moon. Hmm. So uh in terms of what I've been playing, I, I like I said, I went on a backward compatibility kick and I they've just added all of the Final Fantasy thirteen games to Game Pass with um upgraded so 60 fps yeah you can play them at 60 fps apart from the first one weirdly so i started on the first one and i was like i can really remember this like really remember it because it's just one big corridor (laughs) forward and uh, x yeah i still maintain it's a decent game it is i can understand why people have issues with it but so I dismissed that one and moved on to Final Fantasy thirteen two instead, which is a much better game. Okay. In my opinion, it has a lot more exploration and stuff like that. I enjoyed that, finished that, blitzed through it quite quickly. It's quite a quick game for an RPG. How long is and that then, one? Uh, 20, 30 hours. Interesting. I don't think I ever beat that one. I think I just got so turned off by the... the uh, Time travel aspect of it. Oh, I quite like that. It reminded me of Chrono Trigger. 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 Um, and then I moved on to Final Fantasy Thirteen: Lightning Returns, the third in the trilogy, which is honestly, Eric, like I know you've dabbled very, very briefly with that game, but it is so far up your pooper. It's E3, that's all, that's all I was. It's... Um, yeah, but... It's by far... It, it basically takes the battle system... Final Fantasy 13, which was really good to start with, then enhances it further. And Lightning's your only character, but you have three different. Basically, meld merges together the dress sphere system for Final Fantasy 13 2. Final Fantasy 10 2, sorry. I'm listening. With Final Fantasy 13's battle system, and you can swap between three different garbs and on the fly and use different spells and stuff like that. It's really cool, really fast paced, and has a really unique mechanic where it has. Um, the world's ending in like 13 days and you are responsible for ferrying the souls 
of people around the world to this new world that's being created because the world is about to end. Um, and then to do that, you have to complete quests and you have to go back and forth between these open exploration hubs. How much is it tied into the storyline of 13 and 13 2? Oh, all the way. It's okay. very much so. It's kind of It kind of wraps up the whole thing. It's basically them going, right, this was shit. We're going to completely destroy the world and start again. The Ilse, the Felsi, Grand Pulse. Yeah. yeah. Talk about yeah, the most it, confusing it, vernacular of any Final Fantasy game. Yeah. It's it's set in like about a thousand years in the future or something, and humanity has stopped being able to have children or age. Oh. You can still die, but nobody can have children or anything. And the world is slowly being consumed by this thing called chaos. Oh, chaos. I see. Yeah. You need to kill him. Just like in Stranger of Paradise. I want to get that. So, I've fallen off. You always do with games. No, like, I've I've fallen off. It's... It's cool. The combat's really neat. I was really expecting more in the way of, like, a, a Souls clone. And it's very just, like, quick mission-based. And you get... Hundreds, and this is an exaggeration, hundreds of items that there comes a point where you can't hold more than like 1,200 items. And I'm only a handful of hours into it. And after every mission, I have to go through and spend like 10 minutes deleting stuff. You get that many I, items. I hate that on games. It and they, my head. I hate having to manage all my items all the time. Well, you get so many weapons. There's like 28 different job classes and you can burn through the job classes really quick. And then there's really no incentive to stay on that job class. And now suddenly, you know, I was my I was a lancer, so I picked up two thousand different lances, and none of them are better than the one that I have. So now it's just become item management, and it's neat. It's just there's some pieces about the game that are really broken. And I sent you a video about this that it just it makes me chuckle, but it's also like how could this be missed? So when you're doing a job tier think of it like a pyramid at the top is one point and then at the bottom is like eight points and you've got different things that you can unlock in between typically you need to unlock each one in order to unlock the very last one well somewhere someone decided to be a great idea where if you have enough points to unlock the last one you can just unlock the last one and then it automatically gives you all the ones between the last one and the first one without needing all of those required points. I could understand if it's like, okay, so if this one is seven and this one is six and this one is five, add those up. That's how many points you need. Click on the last one and it takes all those points away. That'd be great. And that's what I thought it was doing until I realized, oh no, I only had seven points. The last one was seven points and it gave me the six in between for free. So it breaks. I I don't know how it breaks the job class system to make it really easy. But I don't know. It's it's neat. It definitely is very neat. It's very unique. Um, the storyline is kind of neat, but I wouldn't rush out to get it. I kind of wish I wouldn't have paid full price for it, but it's not it's not flashy. It doesn't look great. It, it really looks like a mid-level PS4 game. Yeah, I mean... I. I played the demos and I quite enjoyed the demos, but the demos like, are great. When, when is this going to look better? It doesn't. It doesn't. It's it's comically it's bad. Coming, it's from Squeenix. 
Yeah, but it's done by Team Ninja. Yeah, but Niall wasn't a bad-looking game. True. But... At all, it looks a lot better than that. But... Team Ninja is not known for games to have fantastic stories. They're like, hey, gameplay is really tight. Action's really good, which it is. Combat's mm-hmm. really, really good, really in-depth. And it, I think that's the other part, too, is that it actually gets a little overwhelming in remembering all of the stuff that you can do because every time you switch job classes, you have to switch all of your skill sets. You can hot cla- you can hot item a bunch of those different battle sets where you save all your different combos, your different loadouts and all that. But you're switching between them so quickly and so frequently that I rarely go back to previous ones. So there's really no point in doing that. And then back to the items, you can set up a, a macro to auto dismantle items, but even that doesn't help alleviate how often you're in the menus pressing x i mean even on the demo i was doing it a lot so yeah i can imagine yeah i might pick it up when it's reduced i think we're already seeing a couple of price knockbacks i mean i definitely would i i don't want to discourage you from playing it i think it definitely would be fun for you but it's it's kind of a like oh well this is neat but you don't want to continue, which unlike most Final Fantasy games where you want to always end them. Right. Except for 13, because... And 13 too. I was thinking... Lightning of, Returns. I was thinking about that the other day. Um, you were giving me crap about not having finished 13. Like, you know what? I'm kind of in a little bit of a lull now that I've platinumed Elden Ring. Oh, I just, not this shit again. I just you said this last year. No, I said I just need something. And I was genuinely going to play it until I realized that I'd packed up my PS3. Like, I really, I really don't want to start over. Yeah, but I don't want to start over. I was 40 hours into it. I was halfway through Grand Pulse. No, you won't know what's going on anyway. Don't know what's going on anyway. This is true. (laughs) You know? I'll see. Let's see. It'll see. Numpties. The, the, what is their quest? What's their quest thing called? Their focus? Yeah. That seems like a daft system for somebody to invent. Right. I'm going to give you a job, but I'm not going to tell you what the job is. And if you don't do the job, you'll turn into a monster. If you do the job, you'll turn into a crystal. Everybody wins. Where I mean, do I sign what? up? <laughs> I mean, as but think of it from the Falsies' point of view. They don't... Why would they do this? Why would they vaguely give somebody a job to do? Why would they not want them to do the job well? Sounds like working for the government. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know? Maybe it's an allegory of uh, working for the government. I mean, it could be. It very mm. well could be. Now, I wanted to ask you as well. Did you ever finish Nobody Saves the World? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you? Loved that game. I've just got back on it. I completely forgot how good it was. I finished it this morning. I got everybody up to S level for all the characters. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I, I, di- I didn't, but I am doing New Game Plus at the moment. And I'm going did you to- unlock the dragon at least? Yes. He's the so dragon good. is awesome. Such a great game. It is really good. Um, if you haven't checked that one out, it's by the people who made uh, Guacamelee, which was a really good game as well. And it's yeah, completely different from that. It's a two D side scrolling Metroidvania. Oh, I love it though. It's it's just funny. That's really. Good. I don't know what the different like. Nobody saves the world is totally a Metroidvania, but it's top down, and that instantly makes it better. It's not Metroidvania. You don't really get upgrades. You upgrade your character. 
You upgrade. Yeah, but yeah, you, you totally get upgrades. Yeah, but they're not tied into exploration, which is what Metroidvania is. Yeah, that's true. Um, I was so I want to talk of as well. Tom mentioned this the other day. Um, later, hopefully later this year, there's a new game by the people called who made the Messenger called Sea of Stars, yeah. which is their take on a like, um, kind of sixteen bit RPG, which just looks. Amazing. I'm really, I'm excited. really excited for that game. Yeah. Sea of Stars. What's the other one we were talking I mean, about around that same time? Um, not sure. That doesn't have a release date yet, does it? No, it doesn't. Um, maybe around E3 time we might get one. I think that but this is kind of a play E3 on the words. Happening this year, is it? Star Ocean. There's a new Star Ocean coming, though. This game looks so good. Which one? Sea of Stars? Yes. It does, doesn't it? When I look at... Haven't I? When I look at modern 16-bit... I say that with parentheses. 16-bit style games and how good they look now, this is how my brain interpreted them as a kid. Yeah. I, I think it's really cool that you can still have a 16-bit game which looks really good. It just goes to show that it was truly like the golden era of gaming. Yeah, I mean, you can have your flashy graphics and everything on the new ones, but you, sometimes a 16-bit RPG could really... Yeah. Like, I mean, look at Elden Ring. That game's exceptional, but it's not the best looker. No, 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 it's not. Well, somebody's demaking like Horizon, it into Horizon Forbidden Boy. West blows it out of the water visually, but like Elden Ring... That game's in terms crap. Of players, I'm just kidding. It's not. <laughs> I needed to qualify that before I got in trouble. You also need to play that game because it's really good. I do. I think I left it unpacked. Yeah, you said you need something to play. I do. Warzone. Season three just came out and they are going all in on a King Kong Godzilla crossover. What is even happening to this franchise anymore? I don't know. Remember when it was about World War Two? Warzone's never been about World War Two. Yeah, I know, but but there's Warzone World War Two guns in it. A spin-off yeah. of Call of Duty. Oh yeah, I don't there know is World War Two guns in it, isn't that so stupid? <laughs> Warzone has some sort of overarching story that happens with it, and when this new season started last week, they tied they they tied this new event happening, and they're like the Nebula gas got out, and we unleashed something that we. Had had no idea what we were doing and it just leads up to this whole idea of king kong and godzilla showing up on caldera and rebirth island guys and snoop dog is in it now you can buy a snoop dog skin so half the lobby is running around as snoop dog and it's his actual voiceover (laughs) it's just weird it's so weird it's fortnite but in cod form yeah that's what it is that's true. Ellie wants to start getting they, into playing Fortnite because she she really wants to play a battle royale game. I'm like, I'm not letting you play Call of Duty. Like, I'm just I'm I'm not. So let's get into Fortnite. Scott and his boys play Fortnite, so we can play together with them when we move back. So I have to start playing Fortnite. It's it's not a bad game. It's just not for me. Like, I, I just, just think get into it. I think when we do it, we'll play the rounds where there's no build because that's what ruins it for me is the building. 
like, I don't want to build a, yeah. I don't want to build a platform. Like, let me just run around and shoot someone. Hank Fist. Hank Fist. <laughs> I played recently a game that you had recommended I play called Super Liminal. Oh, yeah. What a mind trip. I know, right? It was really, I, I, I got through all of that game and I don't quite still understand how the mechanic of expanding something works. I would always be really close to it, pick it up, and then look up at the sky and drop it, and it'd be suddenly huge. So it's yeah, a. But then sometimes it wasn't. So right. <laughs> the The easiest way to explain this is that it's a pseudo portal ripoff without mm-hmm. the portals, and comedy that doesn't quite work. But mm-hmm. the concept of the game is fantastic, and towards the end, it really starts to wear thin. After you get through and you're in this dream sequence, you're like, it's time to wake up. And you're just wandering around trying to figure out how to get the hell out of here. And like the last three minutes of the game are unbelievably powerful. I sat there going, oh, wow. Like, that's really impactful. That's really meaningful. I'm so glad I made it to this point of the game. And then it ended. Like, that was a good three hours. Yeah, it, it's short, it's sweet. It's it's on Game Pass, actually, if anybody wants to play it. Um, I just, I was browsing through and I was like, oh, I'll give that a go. I remember when it was first announced and I saw it. Really cool mechanic, though. So basically you can pick something up off the floor. It might be um, like a block and the block can be tiny. And then depending on your perspective and stuff like that, you can chuck the block up in the air and then it comes back down like 10 times the size. Yeah. And some really creative, very clever puzzles with that as well to do with perspective and... And you move the story was written by someone that was on our show previously, wasn't it? Uh, Didn't Tom yes. say that was written by Will O'Neill? Yes, he did. Yeah. Who did Actual Sunlight, I believe. Yep. And Red Red Strings Club? Was it Red Strings uh, Club or yes. Little Red Lies? Something like that. One of those two. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, yeah it's a game. It's a, Neat little game, yeah. Um, also, I played. I've I've briefly dabbled with Fable Three. Oh, I love Fable which, Three. Love that which game, is, which is also on um, Game Pass and at sixty FPS, which is nice. I need to that pop back into really that. low frame rate. I need to pop back into that and and uh, reprise my role as a slumlord. <laughs> the best thing, one of the one of the quests. Uh, it's one of the actions you could do is where he literally farts on somebody's head. It's so funny. Grabs their head and so like shoves it down and yeah, so yes, good. like a proper, lifts the leg and everything with pr- a proper prolonged fart. It's just lovely. Yeah. Uh, I played a game on Game Pass recently called Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. Oh, I saw this one. It's so good. It's maybe two hours long at best. Okay. But it's also another one of those games where... At the beginning, you're like, this is this is neat. I mean, they're sentient vegetables, and Turnip Boy's kind of a jerk. He doesn't pay his mortgage, so Mayor Onion comes over and basically repossesses his house and says, you need to do these errands for me if you want to get out of debt, to which he hands you a contract, and your only option is rip it up. So you rip it up in front of him. He goes, well, doesn't mean you're out of debt, so still got to help me out. And you just kind of have this chip on your shoulder. You never talk. Your turnip never talks. Everybody else does. But to give you an idea of your character, the first little area that you pop out into, there's a, a, a sentient strawberry farmer and like a blueberry fruit salesman or whatever. 
And the blueberry is like, I really like that strawberry. Will you give this love letter for me? So you hand it over and the recipient's like, oh my God, this is so great. Write something down like, will you give this back? And your only option is rip it up. (laughs) Their response is rude. And you just kind of go on your way. So just short little impromptu scenes like that. But it's it it plays a little bit like a top-down Zelda game without the depth. And you get to the end. Wow, this is fucking dark. Like really a dark little story twist. Again, totally worth playing just to kind of see that end and you get get there and you're like, okay, wow. Yeah. I'll tell you what I need to get back on playing uh, Tunic. Yeah, I tried to jump back into that again and went, ooh, I need to probably start over. Yeah, it's very like Death's Door, I feel, but... Very. I, I, I just I kind of want to devote more time to it, and I'm I'm not just not feeling it right now. I feel like I have done it a disservice because it came out in the middle of Elden Ring. Yeah, and no no game should, every game should give Elden Ring a wide berth from now. <laughs> yeah, Horizon should have delayed their game six months. Uh huh. I, I I think I think Horizon will probably do like the first one where it sells well over time, but. They've done it twice now. They released the first one alongside Breath of the Wild, and they released the second one against Elden Ring. Both masterpieces of gaming history. Yeah. And they both overshadowed other masterpieces of gaming history. mm Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. I need to get get back in and and replay uh, Forbidden West. Really good game. I really enjoyed it. I love the storyline of Horizon. It just... I get so invested. I'll but tell you again. So, I think I've done a dis- disservice by abandoning it halfway through for Elden Ring. Right. I'll tell you one retro game that I have been playing, and I've talked about it quite a bit on the show, but I've I've realized that I didn't play nearly as much of it as I thought I had in the past, um, and that's Radiant Historia. So, Atlas was doing a sale. On, and I talked a little bit about this on SideQuest, but um, it, it's worth bringing up because I think it's something that would pique your interest. So Atlas is oh, doing a sale on the 3DS. 3DS game. Well, yes, Atlas was doing a 3D a sale on the 3DS, and Perfect Radiant Story Perfect Chronology was on there for $7.99 instead of $40. Bucks. And I went, I've I really want to play Perfect Chronology because it's a it's a remaster that adds additional content to it but I had the launch edition collector's edition still sealed. Like, I really don't want to open that. Just go with me on this. Like, I know that you're like, just open it and play it. But I didn't a, because it was packed up in a box and I didn't want to go dig for it. And B it was only $8. So I bought it and started playing through it. And you can choose between the original mode where you play. It's the remastered version, but you play through the entirety of the original game before being able to access the the new content or you can play the other mode where it integrates all that new content seamlessly and everybody that i was reading through like which way is the better way to play and everyone's like you got to play it when it's all just seamlessly integrated so i did and i think that's where some of like the new stuff is starting to pop in because i'm not remembering as much as i think i as i think i should but this game is so amazing in how it lays out its storyline and the the gist of it is that it's your standard fair medieval rpg with 
knights and soldiers and political storylines and all that. But you'll get to a point in the story where you can't progress because you, maybe you're waiting for a spy who didn't show up and you discover that that spy died. Well, now you need to go back to certain points in the storyline or in the timeline to figure out where your path crossed with this spy or maybe the person that kills the spy and change those events in history, thus branching the timeline. So now you have the top timeline and then this timeline, but then within there, they can branch off and go either way. So you start getting these things called nodes that you can pop back to. And I have 30 nodes unlocked. And those are just the main nodes you can transport to. And there's a bunch of spots in between that you can travel and like gives you little story notes. But the game tracks how many nodes you can go to. And I have 30 out of 285. And I'm six or seven hours into the game. Eric, don't tell me about games like this. If you loved the time travel aspect of 13.2, you will absolutely love this because it's so intricate and it's so well executed. Stop. You need to stop. (laughs) I bought a copy of this game for Tom a few years ago. I'm like, dude, you have to play this game because I played it on the original DS, but there's so much new content in the 3DS version that it it feels like a brand new game. Yeah. I've just looked. It's not still reduced. No, it's not. The 3D uh, or the uh, the combat system is really neat. So your your characters are standard uh, JRPG on on one side, but then the enemies are on a three by three grid, and you can do different attacks where you can push them to the left, push them to the right, push them back, or grapple them forward. So if you're really good and you stagger your attacks properly, you can push all of the enemies onto one square. And then attack all of them at once and kill all of them. So if you have six enemies on the screen and you group things properly, you can kill all of them before they even have a chance to attack. It's a really, really fun game. I want to play it. Yeah. Sounds good. How much is it? Like 40 bucks? Uh, tw- 22 on the eShop. It's so good, Dan. Yeah, but I've got so much to play, man. It's my, it's honestly, it's my. That, I've still got that Tales of Vesperia triple pack that tom got me for christmas which i need to break off this has become my my bedtime game my 3ds just sits by my bed and i pop in and i'll play like 30 40 minutes of it in a crack at night that's the only time i play it yeah i went through i went through a, a phase of constantly playing on my 3ds after i got theater rhythm off you yeah but uh, i've kind of fell off again well keep an eye out on perfect chronology good game good game highly I recommend shall. I, shall. I know i talk about that game all the time on this show but other than that, I don't I don't think I've been playing anything else. Um I don't think I really I've been testing out either. PlayStation now, which we talked about before. Uh that service is really impressive. Just to give you an idea, I was not impressed with Project X Cloud, which is Microsoft's version of streaming. It just felt laggy. Graphically, it was good, but the control input was a little behind. Stadia, jokes aside, was the best responsive that I've come across, but the graphics were crap. PS Now is just the best. Objectively, it's just the best. I downloaded F1 2020 because I played it, downloaded on my Xbox, and went, okay, I know how this should respond. Surely, a game that requires as much 
precision and finesse as a racing game is going to be a good indicator of whether or not this is a good service. So I streamed it. I couldn't tell the difference. And it's not mm. exaggerating. I could not tell the difference. I played three or four races, got first place in all of them, and had no major issues. It didn't look as crisp as if it were downloaded, but input-wise, great. So I have no concerns about PlayStation Plus Premium and like streaming PS3 games being an issue. Yeah, as long as you've got a semi-decent connection, I think it'll be okay. Yeah, I was working off of a, uh, a gigabit hardwired connection, so... If you're streaming I mean, off, yeah, of, that'll do it. That'll do it. Like, yeah, if you're streaming off of like a, a hundred meg Wi-Fi, it's probably going to be toilet. Oh God, everybody! By the way, news from Eric Peterson this week: he's moving back to Wisconsin, and they have no data caps on the internet. No data caps. Incre- it's incredible. For the time being, until I get back there and just go absolutely hog wild, and then a month later, like mm, due to a recent uptick in usage. <laughs> We're going to institute data caps. And at that point, I will incite a revolution. I would do it. I can't believe you're finally getting a data. I didn't realize it was different state by state. It's just That's different crazy. different ISP, just different service provider. But why would you ever have a data cap nowadays? I mean, come on. It used to not have one down here. And then they're like, oh, how can we make more money? Mm. Yeah, it's just it's everywhere in the UK. It's just no data caps. Yeah. Well, I think we've hit a point now where internet should just be qualified as a utility. Well, yeah, I would, I would have thought so. There was rumors a few years ago that they were thinking about potentially bringing it in as free over here, but Ooh. it never happened. That would be nice. Yes, it would. But everything relies on the internet. If the internet went down, society would crumble. Yeah, that's why they charge for it. <laughs> You want to keep society going? Pay for it. Pay for it. Pay for it. Oh, Dan. Right. Should we get to that game of the week, sir? Yeah, you can take this one. You recommended it. You enjoyed it more than I did. I did. (laughs) So this show, we have played Soon Ice the Hedgepig CD-ROM. Hmm which is a 1993 game for the Sega CD, developed and published is by Sega. Is that Seagull. why it's called Sonic CD? Yes. Oh, I was trying to figure out what CD stood for. Um, Colossal Dick. <laughs> I think I think that's <laughs> wrong. So nice, the hedge pig, Colossal Dick. That's what it's called. Uh, I thought it was uh, Cream Driver. It's not Tom. No, it's the guy that drives the cream to Tom. Okay. It's just Sonic as a Sonic as a milkman driver. <laughs> if, hang on, if he's got a cream driver, why couldn't he have stayed for the show? Well, he had to go down and meet him. Well, maybe he hired oh. a cream driver after the fact. Yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah. Anyway, can't have everything. Sonic CD, out. yeah. Sonic CD, right? So I, as you know, I was self-obsessed with Sonic as a kid. No. Yes. No. Um, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it, but uh, I didn't play this until I was an adult. Like just now. Mainly because this the actual Sega CD was so I didn't even know it existed back in the day, and it didn't really sell. Yeah, that but many wasn't years. the Sega 
what you get the Mega Drive huge over there. Yeah, it was, but um, I just never heard about the Sega CD. Was it called the Mega CD over there? Uh, yes, it was actually. <laughs> Sorry, that's dumb. What, what, was it called the Genesis <laughs> CD over there? No, it was called the Sega CD. <laughs> because it was a CD attachment developed by Sega. But it was for the Genesis, which would be the Genesis CD. I suppose you're probably right because if it was a Sega CD, then it could go to like the Master System or the Saturn or. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I am usually. I didn't right. say you won this. I just said that your point might be valid. Yeah, I'll take it. So, um, it's a it's a really weird game, Sonic CD. It's kind of. It's like there's two branching ways in which Sonic went. So Sonic Two came out. And Sonic CD came out. So this was originally meant to be like an enhanced port of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Um, but it's just kind of... It, it's weird because it's it doesn't seem to be built on the same engine as Sonic 2. It seems to be built on the same engine as Sonic 1. Which, if you know your Sonic... I don't. Sonic 2's, Sonic 2's gameplay is a lot more slicker and fluid than Sonic 1's. Which is something I always forget until I go to play it, and I, I play Sonic 1 because it's just iconic, and you pop in, you're like, oh, Green Hill Zone, or whatever the hell it's called. And like, this is rough. Like, it's slower. Yeah. Is what it is. And then you pop it's in slower. 2, and you're like, oh, this is Sonic. This is what I, this ah. is what I remember, yeah. I mean, yeah, Sonic 1, it's a decent little game, but in terms of the speed and flow of Sonic, it's a very different experience. So, like, once you get past Green Hill Zone, I would argue, on Sonic 1, when you get to Marble Zone, for example, it's a lot more intricate as a platformer than the games later on. Um, And Sonic CD kind of takes that same approach to the game design rather than the Sonic 2 approach of gotta go fast. Which, I, to be quite honest, I enjoy Sonic 2 and Sonic 3 more than Sonic 1. Yeah. So, it's just... I, I don't know, it's just, it's it's a Sonic game that's there. I don't hate it, See, but which at is, the same time, I, I don't really like it. Which is strange, because it's critically acclaimed as one of the best Sonic games ever. I know, but it's just... So, having it come from you, a Sonic aficionado, connoisseur yeah. of the finest Sonice, uh, where, does it, where does it misstep for you? Because I, personally, love this game. I think it's my favorite Sonic. Really? Yes. It's the lack of speed, for one. Um, I just don't think it flows as well as the other games. The The worlds aren't as memorable. But see, that's where um, you always ragged on me, though, because my whole mentality with Sonic was I got to get from the left to the right as fast as humanly possible. And you're like, but there's so much stuff to explore in between. I turned into Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said that. Probably have. Probably. It's, Maybe you didn't. Uh, I don't know. It sounds like something you'd say, but you've said it now that I've said it. You said it. 
okay, right, I've said it. So yeah, <laughs> there, but there, there is a bit of exploration to it, but at the same time, it is about going from left to right. And like when Sonic Three came out, that had some really cool set pieces and stuff in it, like the snowboarding bit, and the bit when you're in hydrosity zone where it tries to drown you, and really cool just evolutions. And this just kind of feels like a step back from Sonic Two to me. So the thing I that I don't, I, I don't know the thing that I really didn't care for, and I think it was a neat concept, but it was poorly executed because it wasn't really easy to initiate around the map. You'll see these placards signs that say future or past future. And if you spin past. one of them, it'll say future. And then you have to hit a certain speed. And when you do, you'll be teleported now, how, to the, either the future or the past. Now, that was one of my gripes with it because of the lack of areas where it's possible to get high levels of speed it made it exceptionally difficult to use this mechanic. That was what I didn't like. Which is, it's frustrating because that essentially means that how many worlds are there? Six? Seven. So then that essentially means that there are 21 different worlds because each world has been fully realized in past future, past present, and future. So not being able to like easily activate those because those signs are all over within the map. But I don't see what the purpose... I don't understand the purpose of it. It just seems like a neat little feature that's just thrown in because they're like, oh, that'd be neat. So what what the idea is, is you are meant to hit a past sign which takes Sonic back to the past. In the past, Robotnik has placed a kind of some kind of machine that is basically going to destroy that zone. And if you don't destroy that machine, when you get to level three on that zone, it turns into the bad future. If you destroy the machine in the past, and a Metal Sonic projector, I think you've got to do as well, it then takes you to... The good future. So there are two different versions of each third act in the zone. And you need to get a good future in all the zones to obtain the best ending. That sounds like work. It is work. It's it's a faff. <laughs> it sounds like no, work. There's no way to know where these kind of projectors are. And that's why, again, this Sonic game differs because it puts an exceptional amount of emphasis on exploration see and that's the that that's always been the disconnect for me with any sonic game and i think that that's just how it was as a kid because sonic was always about speed and just boom let's go and you're like you don't want to stop and explore why go slow when you can go fast yeah but i think when the exploration of Sonic 2 and Sonic 3 was done. Sonic 2 didn't probably have as much exploration as the other one, but there are multiple routes through levels, and Sonic 3 has a lot more exploration because to access the special zones, you have to find the giant rings, which are usually hidden mm. in different places. So you've got to explore to find those. But in theory, you could just blitz through that game by running left to right yeah. for the most part. Um, But yeah, this one really kind of does the exploration aspect more than anything and uh, did you try any of the special stages i don't know 
Did you go to a weird pseudo 3D bit where you were trying to f- chase a UFO? UFOs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't work well at all. No, <laughs> no, it doesn't. I think I destroyed <laughs> a couple of them. Because like you could be you could be bang on about to hit it and you'll still won't hit it. Yeah, it it's it's kind of like trying to play Sonic on a Mario Kart from the Super Nintendo track. <laughs> it's it's so strange. Um, With controls of F zero. In a difference from how Sonic Two and Sonic Three do it, if you finish a special stage, you don't get a Chaos Emerald. You get a Time Stone. Uh, if you collect all the Time Stones, you instantly get Good Future in all the zones. So that's another way to achieve the best ending. There's only two endings, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's quite a lot for back in the day. <laughs> I'm surprised it even had an ending. Actually, Chrono Trigger had a few. Uh, yeah. But So the, that's the basic premise of it. And I just... I, I really want to like it, but it's just... I Sonic really 3, like it. Sonic 3 is so much better than this game. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I'm not as much of a connoisseur as you, but when Santos Lopez sent me the box of Sega games, this was in there, or the Sega CD games, this was in there, and I popped it in and just really remember enjoying it. Ellie and I, she sat and watched me, but we, we played through it um, over the course of a couple days and got to the end. And went, wow, that's really, really a good game. But I got towards the end of it this time and went, Okay, this last level is really, really frustrating where you have to do like those really intricate movements in like the pinball zone area. It It's just some of the levels are really frustrating, but overall I enjoyed it. The music's fantastic in this game. See, again, not as iconic for me as the others. I guess. I mean, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay. It takes advantage of the CD's better abilities to make better music i guess but um i mean there's just so many bangers on the sonic soundtrack and yeah I, sonic cd doesn't have any for me i mean it's a sonic game i think that's that's always been my gripe with 2d sonic games is that it's just like it's a sonic game couldn't if you were to put a gun to my head and, and like show me a level from a sonic game be like which one's this from i couldn't tell you yeah, I, I mean, you know how I said it's like, it feels more like Sonic 1. So yeah. during the development, they actually, the team built Sonic CD using the original Sonic the Hedgehog as the basis for it. So it is actually built on that original code, which is why it feels like Sonic mm. 3. Speaking Wow, um, this is really interesting. So when the game was first conceived, it was codenamed Super Sonic and was meant to feature additional levels fully orchestrated soundtrack, sprite scaling effects, and animated cutscenes. But it was meant to be Sonic 2 enhanced for the Sega CD, but they went back and instead made an entirely new game. Interesting. The opening cutscene for this game is really kind of annoying, but it harkened back to the old Sonic cartoons. Yeah, it's kind of... People fondly remember that those cutscenes, and... Uh, they're actually putting in some animated cutscenes into Sonic Origins, which is coming out soon. I was just going to bring that up. What's Sonic your CD. What's your take on that? Oh my god, what a ridiculous DLC pre-order thing that Sega has done for that. What is it? So anti-consumer, it's unbelievable. So they've done... There's about five different versions of this game available, right? 
and they had to make a chart of what's included in each one because it's so complicated. And they've locked things like a menu animation behind the deluxe edition. A menu animation. Or a mirror mode. Which is also unlockable in-game. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's They just so, had to package together four games, shine them up a bit, and go, there you are. Lovely. What is included in the Sonic 1, 2, 3, and then Sonic and Knuckles? Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, and Knuckles, and Sonic CD. All of which we probably own multiple copies of on several different yes. platforms. But the thing that's frustrating is that they're starting to delist those other uh, versions of the game. Yep. Which, again, is ridiculous. Welcome to the future, people. Recently, and it was an inferior version of a game. Yeah. Which one was that? What was it? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't <sighs> catch what you said because I was shouting. I'm saying what was the... There was something else that came out recently and then the original versions got delisted for this inferior version. Oh, it was the Grand Theft Auto trilogy. Yep. <laughs> Preserve our old games, people. The future, people. I mean, this might be this might be a nice package of games, but for me, they've sullied it because they've done this stupid pre-order shit. Yeah. Which I don't have. Which I don't. I don't have to buy any of that stuff. But I, I, I'm now inclined not to give them any money because it's so anti-consumer. Yeah. I'm just. I'm sick of as a gamer just being shafted by game publishers trying to flounce us fleeces of the money you know that's just annoying speaking of anti-consumer have you seen the new final fantasy 6 statue the fourteen thousand dollar one yeah it's eleven thousand usd even the original creator uh hironobu sakaguchi (laughs) on twitter just basically (laughs) he was talking he replied he's like do you think that's a little much (laughs) (laughs) i mean just a smidge just a smidge. Oh, he said, isn't this a bit much? Are you okay, Square Enix? <laughs> but God, that statue looks so cool. It does, but that's so it's, much money, man, it's for a statue. Terra on top of a Magitech. It's one-sixth size. That's enormous. It wants to be for that much money. I want it to be as tall as me. God. Um, I was going to mention to you, Eric, so a couple of years back, there was an NVIDIA leak which had loads of upcoming games on it. Okay. And lots of them have came true. Like, lots of them have came true. Mm -hmm. And on that list is Final Fantasy IX Remake. I saw that. I hope it's true. Now... That'll be awesome. Do you think that that means, like what they're doing with seven see if it says remake i would say yes but if it said remastered i would say no i could get behind a nine remake i really enjoyed that world as much as i like eight you don't need a remaster or remake that because it's perfect as it is i mean they couldn't do literally anything to improve that game so nine (laughs) needs all the help it can get um but i really liked nine because it took Final Fantasy back to its roots. Which, again, is what looks like Final Fantasy 16 is going to do. Which is almost done. 
yeah, we might maybe early next year, maybe end of this year. Which, at the risk of of you know proving the point of one of our negative reviews that all we talk about is Final Fantasy and Zelda, um, we are rolling. We're well past two years since Final Fantasy VII remake launched with zero news of part two. We had six years of news for Final Fantasy VII Remake Part One. This doesn't bode well. <sighs> I, I hope they're just cracking on. Surely they've, they've got the engine. They know what they're doing now. I think we'll see it this year at some point. I think we'll see it. For a March release of next year. But man, three years between parts? Come on. They're big parts, though. It's not like kind of a 10-hour chunk of gameplay, is it? Well, it was a 10-hour chunk of the first Final Fantasy, so or Final Fantasy mm-hmm. VII, so... It was, but elongated and made beautiful and wonderful. I've played it three times already. I know what I'm talking about. <sighs> I love that game. It's so good. Yes, I'll give it to you. I still need to go back and play love- through the Yuffie DLC. Yes, you do. Please do. Yeah, I know. I like Yuffie. I hated her in the original, but I really like her in this. Yeah, I mean, she she was a a non-character in the original. She was an optional character. She really had nothing to do with anything, mainly. She was just there. Just there. Just there. Yeah. Um, We've completely drifted off Sonic CD here. (laughs) It's all right. We said what we need to say about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm... I'm giving it the minor pip pip, but I think there are better Sonic games. I can understand why people like this one, but there are a lot better ones. I like it. In my opinion. I think it's worth playing. It's short. You can beat it in one sitting. It's fun. Yeah, I'm not saying don't play it. It's just, it's it's kind of. Before I forget. Have we got any trivia about it? Oh, is there any? Um, Let me see. So apparently, so this is the first game in the series that introduces Amy Rose, Sonic's reluctant girlfriend. Sonic was always very indifferent to her and she's besotted with him. Uh, Apparently in the American release, Amy Rose's name has changed to Princess Sally. Oh, didn't know that. Hey, before I forget, have you seen the Sonic 2 movie yet? No, I haven't. Oh my God, Dan, it's so good. Ah, oh, it looks it. I really want to see it's it. It's so good. I don't know how I just, they managed. I love, I love Jim Carrey. He's just so good in films. Like I, when he's completely over the top and insane, he is at his best. I don't know how they managed to top the first film. But the personality that they gave Knuckles, dude, I was in tears at the final scene with Knuckles. He's A joy of sadness. He's so funny. Because he's like this big, dumb oaf that takes everything literally. And then when everybody tries to like get him to open up about something, he just has that like ignorant acceptance of it. It's just so he's so funny. That's Idris Elba for you. Man with man with range. Is that who plays Knuckles? Yeah, it's Idris Elba. You know who? And I I probably should have known this, but um I did not realize that the guy who played Sonic was John Ralphio from Parks and Rec. Is he? Yeah. Which explains yeah. everything and why I liked him so much. 
And uh, the person who voices Tails is the same person who voices Tails in the actual Sonic games, which is nice. Is it? Yes, Colleen O'Shawzny. Easy name to remember. Yes. Yeah, Ben Schwartz, that's who plays Sonic. I should have known that, but it's just, it's so funny. This whole second movie is so funny. We went and saw it in the theater, which, you know, for me is a huge deal to go see something yeah. in a theater. I love, I love how they turned um, Jim Carrey into, like, Robotnik properly with the crazy mustache yeah. and the bald head and brilliant. Yeah, it's great. Really, really, really solid movie. I still need to go see the Uncharted movie. My mom and I have been talking about that. It's on streaming now if you want to just get it. Is it? Yeah, yeah, it's on streaming. Oh, I didn't realize that. I'll need to do that because she's a huge Uncharted fan. She's played through all of them and loves the movie. Or I know, them. I just, I can't get behind Tom Holland being Nathan Drake. Me I just can't. either. They should have just pulled Nolan North for it. And like, listen, you're just Nathan Drake. Like, come on. Or got well, Nathan. He looks F- a bit like him anyway. Or Nathan Fillion. Yeah. I mean, they did that. Did you ever watch that fan one that got made with him in? Mm-mm. It's worth it. Somebody actually made like a really high production uncharted scene with nathan fillion in on youtube and it's really good i think what breaks it for me i like mark Wahlberg. i think he's a phenomenal actor he's not sully he's not Sully. he doesn't look like him at all sully's style of comedy is not mark Wahlberg. no and uh, yeah i get it they're younger than they are in the games but like but what's so Why? funny to me is that Mark Wahlberg was originally going to be Nathan Drake and then production dragged on for so long that he aged out of the role. <laughs> yeah, but Nathan Drake's like 30, 40, isn't he? So I don't know. Well, not in that one. He's uh, Tom Holland. Yeah. I, I like Tom Holland, but he's no Nathan Drake. No. He's a good Spider-Man. He's a good Spider-Man. Uh... So there's some fun games coming up real quick. I know this is not retro related here, but we're really close to Salt and Sacrifice. Did you realize Are that? We? Yeah, May 10th. Oh, is it? May 10th. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, I know. Please remind me when that comes out because I will buy that. I will. Also, Trek to Yomi comes out on the 5th. Not to bother about that one. Uh, really? Have you looked at it? You? Dude, it's on Game Pass. It is a um, Kurosawa mode t- side-scrolling samurai game. Oh, yes, I did say this. This looks good. Free on Game Pass. It's all black and white. It's going to be insane. Going to be so good. I can't tell you if it's actually going to be any good. I have no idea. <laughs> and then we're not is too it? far from Two Point Campus. Which, you know me, I love my theme hospital style games. Two Point Campus is building a college. That, I believe, is August. Got pushed back a bit, didn't it? A little bit, yeah. Saints Row isn't too far away. I hope to God you and I set aside a bunch of time to play that together. I'm not going to buy it, so... Really? Yeah, I, I, I don't like the look of it. Did you even watch the customization trailers? Yeah, that's that's you. I'm not into that. I'm not really bothered about that. I like, jumped into GTA 5 online pretty recently back with Scott and another buddy. And it was exactly how it was 10 years ago where just literally nothing got done. Not a thing. 
played for two and a half hours, didn't do one thing. <laughs> Except blow things It up. took 10 minutes for Scott to get into my car because I was either running him over or he was blowing me up. And it just went on and on that and on and on. Sounds about right. I tell you what's more important to me at the moment. Rogue Legacy 2 just came out. Rogue. Quite oh, to- my God. What? Yeah. Just came out April 28th. Rogue Legacy 2. No. Yeah. All right. Well, I know what I'm doing this afternoon. <laughs> Shit. I got to send that to my brother, Derek, uh, or brother-in-law, Derek. He and I, he lived with me when he was doing his physical therapy internship down here. And it got to the point where my sister's like, I'm going to come over and hang out. But if you guys are playing Rogue Legacy, I'm just not even going to bother because we were both just obsessed <laughs> with it. It's on PlayStation, right? Yeah. It's on everything. Yes. If you haven't played Rogue Legacy, it was the first game that really got me into the roguelites. Me too. I loved it. So good. Freaking loved it. So I think I should maybe buy that. How much is it? We'll find out later. Um, $25? Is it? Yes! Is that high or low? It's high. It's twenty pound. Oh, that's quite. I'll still buy it because it's it's so good. A lot of you get a lot of hundred percent worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dan, let's uh, talk about what we're playing next and give a little preview as to what the next couple months are going to hold. As it stands, we're still we're still trying to hit monthly for the shows. I can't promise that our next one is going to be on time just because. The beginning of next month is my move, and it'll probably be mid-June before we honestly get around to it. Or we can try to hit the... Uh, no, we could probably try to hit the tail end of tail end of May. Yeah, the 29th, right before we move. That'd be good. So, yeah. What are we playing next, Dan? We are going to play Brutal Legend. I'm excited. I've never played this. Have you not? No. And I love Double Fine. I love Tim Schafer. Love Psychonauts. For some reason, I don't know why this... Jack Black's in it. And I love Jack Black. I don't know why I passed this one up. I don't know why you passed this one up either. I I was really excited about when it came out. Uh, I'm not going to say much more about it yet because I want to withhold my judgment until we've played it properly. I've already started. Uh, I'm quite enjoying it. Oh, you know why I didn't play it? Because it came out... Right at the same time as Uncharted 2. So October 13th These games could not look more different visually. They came out on the same day. October 13th, 2009. October 13th, 2009. That's why I didn't play it. And then Modern Warfare 2 also came out right around that same time. So it just got overshadowed. But mostly because of Uncharted 2. And that was back when I was yeah. poor and just freshly married and in college. It's like, well, what's more important, new game or Uncharted? And I went with Uncharted. 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 And then after that, I don't know in which order, but Tom and I have decided we definitely want to dive into back into another Sega CD game or Amiga for him. But we're going to play Dune. What am I like? Chopped liver. 
No, you're going to play it with us. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> Unless you... I was just being excluded. No, 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 no. <laughs> Tom and I were talking about... We've been wanting to put this on the show for a long time. And we finally said, yes, we'll play it. And I'll play the Sega CD version. He'll play the Amiga. And then you can play whichever one you want. I play both at the same time using my feet. Oh, perfect. One in one Upside hand, down. One the other. Hanging by my ankles from the ceiling. I'll be curious to see what you think of this game because it's it's definitely not a game I would peg for you. Is it an action adventure? It's kind of a point and click slash. I don't know. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Please exclude me. <laughs> You could probably skip that show, but don't, because it'd be fun. I would. Talk about all things June. Have we got anything else on the docket? I don't think so. I don't know yet. It's. I just need to like get back to Wisconsin and then figure things out. Yes, you do. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Recommended a couple, which could potentially happen. Before Ooh, I put Lost Planet in there, yes. that was actually that's a good show. Before I forget, this is very important, and I want to make sure that we announce this. Um, tickets for MoCon have gone on sale, and if you are unfamiliar with MoCon, it is the annual Factory Seal pilgrimage to uh, Missouri, where we go to the Missouri Game Convention, which is hosted and run by one of our listeners, Chad Hager. Um, it is July 30th this year. We usually fly into town the Thursday before and we leave that Sunday. If you are interested, let me know. I will add you. We have a, a big Facebook messenger group chat where we share all the details. We all get a hotel room in the same hotel. And then Friday we, uh, prance around St. Louis going to all the different game stores, spending a bunch of money in preparation for Saturday to spend money. So it's like the appetizer for spending money. Um, great, great time. We had, God, we had probably 10, 12 people show up last year. Really hoping to have a few more. I'm going to try to convince Tom to come down this year. Because he's not that, he won't be that far. It's like, hey, Tom, just get to get to Wisconsin. I'll drive down. Yeah, you've just spent all your money on a house, Tom. Come to this Morcon and spend more. No, yeah, just, come, just come hang out. Dan, come on. Come on over. Fly over. That would be literally me stood in a room going, yeah, I'm not paying that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but think about all the people you could meet. Just ceremonial unsealing sword. Going across, across, every, across every single stall. Just go up to the stall. Sorry. Oh, can I see that? Sweep. Yeah, so that's coming up. Um, but seriously, if you are interested in joining us, we have people coming in from basically all corners of the country to hang out. So let me know. We'll get you added to the group and fill you in on the details. So July 30th. But we always buy the VIP tickets, so we get in an hour early. So if you are interested in doing that, I don't think they have an unlimited amount of those. So go ahead and, and buy that stuff first. Our Facebook group has all the details for it. Or you can find us on Discord. I don't know how we share out our Discord. I don't know how we do that. Because yeah. it's a private group. Just called fact- I imagine you can just search for Factory Seal and it'll pop up. I think so, probably. So 
But yeah, that's that. Dan, thanks for coming back. I'm glad that your patio didn't hey, kill you. Hey, calm down. What? We haven't done the questions. Oh, soon ask me a Facebook. question. Ask me a question. As, uh, Peter Douglas said, as a big fan of Sonic 3 in particular, I played Sonic CD for the first time recently. It was so shocked that it felt a lot more like Sonic 1, except with crazy innovations and some nice flourishes. It's almost like the developer gave the new interns the Sonic 1 engine and said, okay, guys, you got six months. Just go every nuts. That's a, yeah, that's basically what I said. Yeah. So, yeah. Um... David Merkel says, do any of you actually remember a single commercial for this game? I remember commercials for Sonic 2, 3, and Sonic and & Knuckles, but I don't remember a single commercial for this game. I don't, I don't I but apparently there was one. The C- CD existed. Um, so, William Chard, who I don't think I've seen comment before. Uh, I love the other Genesis Sonic games, but didn't own a Sega CD, so I didn't get the chance to play a Sonic CD as a kid, unfortunately. In 2005, when Sonic Gems Collection released on GameCube, I finally got around to trying it and was blown away by how great it actually was. I felt the time travel mechanic added a layer of exploration that the other 16-bit Sonics didn't quite have. Playing this game also reminded me of another Sonic series game at the same time, Knuckles Chaotix, that is still officially stuck on the Sega 32X. Has anyone had the chance to try Knuckles Chaotix? I've played it. I have no recollection of it. I've tried it as well. It's bizarre. It's so weird. So you have two characters who are joined together by rings. Yep. And you have to bounce them between stages. And so it's it's bizarre. It's so, the 32X is an even more obscure Sega platform. The whole Sega, that whole Sega Tower of Power thing was just weird. It's like, well, what did this really add? Because I always remember thinking that the Sega CD was this attachment that was going to take it to the next gen, and you plug it in, you're like, this looks the same. This literally looks the same. The music's a little better, but the game looks the same. Yeah. And that's before my brain could comprehend that it wasn't the CD that was doing the processing. It was just like, oh, well, music's better. Um, Zach Vasquez says... What soundtrack do you gentlemen like better for Sonic CD, the Japan or US version? So there are two different versions, apparently, which I didn't even realize. Uh, so I can't really answer your question, Zach, but never mind. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know said, either. <laughs> also, which Sonic game has the best soundtrack in your guys' opinion? If you don't say Sonic 3 and Knuckles, then you're just wrong. Well, Zach, I'm about to make your day, my friend, because my favorite is Sonic 3 and Knuckles. That soundtrack is exceptional. Um, and... I don't know if you know even know this, Eric, but that soundtrack is rumored to be being created by Michael Jackson. Huh. It's one of the biggest rumors in gaming history. It's never been confirmed. Sonic 3 and Knuckles? Yeah. Interesting. Specifically Sonic 3, but they were developed together, so he may have been involved with Sonic and Knuckles as well. I think... That is why it has such bangers as the Flying Battery Zone and Ice Cap Zone and Carnival Night and all of the rest. It's just a great soundtrack. I think for me it's a toss-up between Sonic 3D and Sonic Spinball. (laughs) You're talking... (laughs) I don't know. Uh, also, um, Sonic Mania is up there with yeah, the soundtrack now soundtracks. as well, with the remixes of the old zones and the new zones as well. The great, the fantastic, really good. There's so many Sonic games. He T Lopes who worked on that soundtrack like did an exceptional job. Some of the best remixes I've heard of those songs. T Lopes, T Lopes. He's a really famous YouTuber who does remixes. He worked on the soundtrack for Mania. Oh, 
Got it. Uh, yeah. Do not mock my Sonos knowledge. I w- never wouldn't dream of it. Hesley Haddy says, Hey guys, one of the best Sonic games with a killer opening. There are a lot of great 2D Sonic games, but when it comes to 3D, it's either a hit or a miss. What do you guys think they should incorporate in designing an open world 3D Sonic game? Uh, More guns. Not make it shit would be good. More guns. <laughs> More guns. Yeah, and they should get rid of the, the, uh, the circle coins and make them solid coins. Uh, give it a half decent storyline where Sonic doesn't fall in love with a human. That was weird. I think if they did uh, a, it, granted, I haven't played many of the 3D Sonic games, but I think if they made it more like a like a 3D like a 3D platformer like Mario, and incorporated some elements of Sonic speed into it, that could potentially be better. I mean, Sonic Frontiers is coming, and we haven't seen much of it yet, but that could be hopefully good. Don't be shit. Finally, Hesley said, Elden Ring, Tunic is going back to a design in the early 90s where games don't have guides or waypoints. Is there a way we can balance game design or games moving forwards will either be with no waypoints or too many waypoints? Tom? Well, I think we've went... Oh, go ahead. Was that shot of Elden Ring that somebody had mocked up if it was an Ubisoft game and it was just peppered with stuff all over the screen and we don't need it we don't need it I, Elden Ring was so good because the exploration was fun and you could right. find something constantly no matter where you went well Tom and I it talked was, quite at length about this exact thing on on the latest side quests where it, it respects you I like a game that respects me and it says you know what here go have fun but the game has to be designed from the ground up for that we made the comparison where Elden Ring does it perfectly because there's all these little subtle clues and hints around like, oh, there's a little fire in the distance. I'm going to go towards that. Boom, cave or line of sight where there's this huge crest and you come up over that and boom, there's a big town underneath you that you go to. It encourages exploration through curiosity. If you were to remove the map markers and the compass and the waypoints and all that from horizon forbidden west it'd be a bad game because the game isn't designed to encourage you to explore so that element has to be taken into account from the very very beginning take assassin's creed for example that game doesn't encourage you to want to explore everywhere because it's designed for busy work it's just busy work whereas elden ring it's like this is a challenge through and through and you're going to find some stuff along the way so you really have to say from the beginning, do we want this to have it or not? You couldn't just retroactively remove it from a game and be like, oh, now it's going to be great because I'm just going to go explore. Like That's not how that works. But I definitely enjoy games that don't hold my hand like that. Yeah, I do as well. Um, it was a breath of fresh air, Elden Ring. I, I like my Assassin's Creed and stuff like that, but experiencing something different like that, and I think a lot of people are going to copy it in the next few years. Oh, totally. Well, it's kind of like what Breath of the Wild did. Let's let's face it. Elden Ring is a Souls version of Breath of the Wild. Yeah, 100%. And Breath of the Wild mastered it. So it proved that you can do that, but you have to build it in from the beginning, from the conceptual stages. Yes. The actual gameplay has to go with the open world exploration right. in a way, doesn't it? Yes, sir. 
Right. You were saying before. That is all my question. So. I don't know what I was saying before. It's probably shit. Sealed is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon sponsors, with an extra special thank you to Zach Foley, Santos Lopez, Sarah Irvine, Jeremy Lucas, Samuel Chun, Miles Prower, John Weaver, Jordan Lawfrey, Stephanie, Thomas McGrew, Richard Cutras, Phil Gartside, Jason McGill, Haitani, Wes Rainey, Sholto, Dalton Suter, Mark Haddock, Colin Neblo, Juliet Breslin Romano, Gus Robin, Hesley Hattie, Elliot Hughes, Aaron Lanning, Brandon Meyer, Cody Halverson, Greg Plummer, Johan Vickerborn, Robert True, Julian Santuki, and J.H.